Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 106, verses 1 through 12. Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord and declare all his praise? Happier those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity, have done wickedly. Our ancestors, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wonderful works. They did not remember the abundance of, of your steadfast love, but rebelled against the Most High at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, so that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry, He led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and delivered them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries, and not one of them was left. Then they believed his words and they sang his praise. Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Hirasheth Hagoyim. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly twenty years. At that time Deborah, prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah under Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take position at Mount Tabor, bringing ten thousand from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulon. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Cain of Jabin's army, to meet you by Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I'll give him into your hand. Barak said to her, If you will go with me, I will go, but if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulon and Naphtali to Kadesh, and ten thousand warriors went up behind him, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite was, had separated from the other Kenites, that is, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had encamped as far away as Elon Bazananim, which is near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinoah, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out his chariots, nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the troops who were with him, from Harasheth Hagoyim to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day on which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. The Lord is indeed going out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with ten thousand warriors following him. And the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and all his army into a 
panic before Barak. While Barak, Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot, while Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Horesh Hagoyim. All the army of Sisera fell by the sword, and not one was left. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil into the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Good morning and welcome to the first Monday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. Our readings today are jam-packed with soldierly goodness, and they come to us from Psalm 106, Judges 4, and Ephesians 6. Um, the uh, Deborah and Barak reading, um, you know, it's filled with uh, war and metaphors of war, and the but the Deborah and Brock reading, it's important to note that Judges 4 is often thought of by critical uh, textualists, people who study you know, where the, the texts of the Bibles came, Bible came from and how and where. Um, Judges 4 and 5 and uh, a couple others um, are thought to be the oldest in composition. And part of that... Um, uh, part of that is that Deborah... Uh, speaks in a way that is reminiscent of the way Elohim later speaks to the prophets. This is what uh, what said in verse 6, she sent and summoned Barak. So this is her speaking. She said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel commands you, go take a position, blah, blah, blah. I will draw Sisera, blah, blah, blah. I will give him into your hand. This is Deborah saying it to Barak, uh, Naphtalite, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, and the way she's speaking sounds a whole lot like how later texts will have God speak to the prophets. Do this. This is what I say. I will do this. The action is attributed to Deborah, not to God. Um, and then the song of Deborah in Judges 5, after their defeat, um, and Sisera's death at the hands of Jael, a woman whose name means mountain goat. Um, Judges 5 is thought to have inspired the Magnificat. Um, the Song of Deborah is also the Song of Miriam and the Song of Hannah. And so it's super old. And Mount Tabor also is his, uh, traditionally the site believed to have been where Jesus was transfigured. So this great military victory is the same site where Jesus um, uh, is revealed as the Son of God. And then the reading from Ephesians is this really, you know, critical, important, central piece of 
uh, martial hermeneutic, the, the armor of God, which is metaphorical, but also has this long tradition, this ancient tradition in the Bible. So we know perhaps of Ephesians 6, where we talk about all these different items of CIF, Central Issuing Facility. Um, but before that, um, Ephesians is, a lot of scholars aren't sure whether Paul really wrote it, but even earlier in First Thessalonians, the very first letter, the earliest letter of Paul, and undoubted to be, or it's not doubted that Paul wrote it, has something similar, the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of justice, I can't remember. But Paul is borrowing from an even older tradition, the wisdom of Solomon. Chapter 5, an apocryphal book, has uh, several lines about God putting on righteousness and uh, an outer coat as uh, as of fury and garments of vengeance, which um, the Hebrew word beged for garments is the same word used for the priestly vestments in Numbers, no, I'm sorry, Exodus 28. And so the, the armor of God, um, uh, Wisdom of Solomon is an intertestamental book, um, but before that Isaiah 59 and Isaiah 11 both have stuff about God killing uh, Israel's enemies wearing this different armor. And so it's a super old tradition, and it also parallels the priestly vestments such that the uh, the high priest is just one of uh, a couple different forms of service members or servants of Israel. You know, the, the belt of truth becomes the sash of the priestly vestments. Um, you know, the there's no helmet, there's a turban. And then at the bottom of their uh, tunic are little bells uh, in the shape of pomegranates that ring to indicate that the high priest is nearby in his full attire performing his sacred duties. And in Roman times, which Paul would have seen and the Wisdom of Solomon author probably would have seen, the belt supported these um, beltea, I can't remember what they're called, but they're like strands of leather uh, that have brass ornamentation that signify rank that also make noise as they walk. Um, and so there's these parallels between the armor of God and the priestly vestments. And if you think that it's just a coincidence, um, if you know what a sacristy is, a, uh, a vestry where the priest goes in to you know, get the bread to bless it, to you know, where the different stoles are, are kept, and other you know things for the communion table. It's called the sacristy. Well, Josephus tells us that for many decades, perhaps the entire first century, until the temple was destroyed, the priestly vestments were kept in Fort Antonia, the citadel that was connected to the, the temple. And so whenever the priest was to perform his sacred duties, every year at Yom Kippur, you know, all these different um, sacrificial duties, he had to go to the military base, get the vestments, get dressed, and come back. And so the military is integral to our faith and has been for forever. But even more importantly, um, the tunic of the of the high priest was not to be torn, and they were instructed to uh, create it without seams, without seams, so that it can't be torn as though it were a coat of mail, you know, basically a, a piece of armor. And this coat is 
uh, the Gospel of John uses a whole lot of uh, language to indicate that this is what Jesus is wearing. John indicates that when Jesus is going to the cross, he is wearing uh, a, a seamless tunic, and it has not been torn. The soldiers refuse to tear it. And John is evoking the high priestly tunic. There's no bells. This is the inner garment, uh, the chiton. Um, but as he's going up to, uh, as he's going up to be crucified, he's wearing this priestly tunic that is not supposed to be torn because it's supposed to be like a coat of mail. So Jesus is going to the cross dressed for battle with his armor, um, you know, no sword, no anything, just armor, just the, literally the inner, innermost uh, element of the armor. Um, and so the the readings this morning, I don't know why they pack everything into like one day. This could have been several days. Like Deborah and Brock is like one thing. Um, you know, the Song of Deborah, the, you know, Sistra, the Naphtali, Zebulonites, um, the armor of God. It, you know, there's just so much going on. And it makes me wonder that if, wonder whether the RCL editors, the Revised Common Lectionary, if, if they don't know and all they know is to just, oh, well, this is the same. Well, it's not. It's actually different. Um, and if we had soldiers and veterans who were biblically literate to, you know, help construct the lectionary, we might have been able to spread this out and been able to focus more on it um, a little bit uh, at a time. But as it is, we have uh, just this glut of uh, important uh, scripture that I wanted to give you, even just nuggets. If you want to learn more, uh Go to pewpewhq.com slash trng, and that's the training room that will have blogs and articles that go into more depth on this stuff. Prayer for those in the armed forces of our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them, and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.